Hello and welcome to Life Save Her, the podcast. This is a podcast for all of my women, men you can listen to, but for all of my women to come get a weekly dose of some self-care, some self-help, and tips to live the life that you desire. I'm your host, Brittany A. Johnson. I want to set this disclaimer. While I am a licensed mental health counselor and I am going to be talking about mental health and life-related topics, this is not a substitute for therapy. This is an addition, this is a bonus, this is that kind of added support so that you have what you need in and outside of session. If you need a therapist, I encourage you to reach out to different therapists in your area, or you may also email me to get a list of therapists that I may recommend. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hey, welcome to today's episode. So like many of us, I found myself looking at the video and looking at all of the different comments related to the video regarding the McDonald's situation where the father only bought food for one child and not all the other ones that were in the house. And it sparked a lot of debate. Now, I think we have all since learned that it was a skit that was done just for entertainment purposes, but it did lead to larger conversations and it really did uncover a lot of truths and myths and then things all in between regarding what someone's role is in their child's lives and in the lives of their child's siblings, whether, you know, when you're not married to your partner either ever or anymore. And so in looking at a lot of the comments, and when I say comments, I mean, there were quite a few think pieces, opinion pieces. I was looking for there to be an article in some kind of national publication by the end of it, by looking at some of the comments and, and just different things and different people talking about it from various aspects. So when I actually went back and watched, because initially I, I heard it and saw some of the headlines for, or I'm sorry, some of the, you know, posts and some of the comments and I kind of ignored it, to if I'm being honest with you, like at first, because I was like, mm, that doesn't sound like anything important, doesn't sound like something I need to concern myself with, like parents, co-parents. They have struggles all the time. Like, is that some, you know, I don't need to be a part. But after a few days and like really then seeing like the flood of posts about it, the flood of memes, the flood of videos, the floods and the numbers of people taking sides and the numbers of people just really going in on each other about it, I decided to take a peek. And oh my goodness, it took me several settings to watch the entire video um, because just immediately I was kind of um, alarmed at the responses on both ends and more so alarmed at just kind of the response that I was seeing from the mother in the video. Again, we now know it's a skit, but I'm just giving some context before we kind of dive into the bigger picture that I noticed that came out of this whole thing, which is this the idea that once a relationship ends, there are still expectations and people have to have conversations because clearly we're not having conversations about what to do when things end. Where do we go from there? How does it go? What does it need to look like? In addition to some of these kind of poor or lack of boundaries that are kind of happening across the board when it comes to these things. So to kind of break it down into different sides, again, we're going to move away from the video because I didn't, you know, that's not the important part of this conversation that I want to have. The, the important part I want to talk about is just, again, 
these kind of expectations, this kind of uh, these unspoken and sometimes spoken rules and just things about how we are blending and mixing and maybe not making the best decisions throughout the process. So on one side of the argument were people who were saying that, you know, this father was completely, you know, disrespectful. He was not good. He was horrible. He was bad. Or even just fathers in general that decide to only take care of their child. And these are situations typically where there are multiple fathers involved with one mother. And again, in, by involved, I mean they have children with. Not necessarily that they're still dating or that they're still together in any regards, but that they have children with. So on one side of the argument is the argument that whoever's bringing the food, whatever father is bringing the food, they should bring food for everyone in the house. And from a community mindset, I completely understand where that comes from. Because like many, like most, I grew up in a community with a community mindset. I grew up in a family where while we might have been cousins, we were all raised as if we were just siblings in a lot of situations, right? Like our family was so close that I can remember multiple summers that we would spend time at one aunt's house because she had an older kid that could technically babysit us, but then there was also other cousins that were around that can babysit. So all of us cousins would be at this one house all summer. Like we might, we would go home at night, but we'd be right back the next morning. And sometimes we would just be having so much fun, we wouldn't even go home. But I do know from that, growing up in that type of a community and that type of mindset, that when somebody brings food in the house, they bring it for everyone. Very rarely did I ever experience being in a house where only one person had food. And when it did happen, it typically was my older cousin who was working and bought themselves some food and just didn't bring some home for the rest of us. And we all would sit there and look and we'd, you know, pout and be, you know, in our feelings about it. But we understood they were working. They were working age. They bought themselves something to eat. It wasn't their responsibility necessarily to bring us some. Did we want some? Of course we did. But we knew like there was nothing we were going to say to that cousin that was going to make them give the give us their food. On the flip side of the argument, I saw people saying that, you know, it's not the responsibility of one father to take care of every child in the house and that it's OK for that father to really just talk, you know, take care of, of their child. And the people who were really against that were like very loud and again, I grew up in that community mindset, so I know it, I completely understand where people were coming from. But as an adult now and as a, as a mental health professional, I can tell you that there is a whole other side of, of the world where that's not the case. There is a side where people are about self. Now, we don't typically see it in our communities because, again, you know, we are, especially people of color, we have just kind of a general sense. It's almost like it's in our DNA to take care of each other. And it's not just people of color. I've also experienced that when it comes to people who, you know, grew up in poverty. So if you grew up poor and you are, you know, white, black or indigenous or however you identify, you probably have tons of stories where you all did things as a community. You all looked out for each other. You all had each other's backs. You fed each other's kids. You spanked each other's kids. Like you, All of those things happen. But that it does still exist and it does still remain that there are some people who only want to take care of the one thing that they're responsible for. And we can call them selfish all we want, but it's it's a reality. But as I started digging deeper into these comments and reading on the side of people who felt like it was okay for the father to only bring food for one or for fathers to only take care of their child, 
it was clear to me that this was more about the relationship between the adults, right? Again, let's take this entire video out of it because I've done enough work in the community to do some co-parenting sessions, to do parenting work with parents individually who were trying to raise their children, you know, going through custody things. So I have seen this in different walks of life where when somebody is, is really mad and hurt and just kind of just completely over the behavior of the other person, they will get very, very isolated or what we call selfish, right? It's, it's a form of protection, honestly. Now, in this situation or in these situations when it involves kids, most of us, you know, feel like that we would react differently, right? We would likely be able to take our emotional side out of it and still see that the kid, the kids in this situation are the most important. But that doesn't always happen for everyone. And what I also know is that when you've been in a situation long enough where you have consistently felt like you were being taken advantage of or consistently felt like your voice wasn't heard or your needs were not met, it's really easy to start getting very, very, what we call, again, selfish. When in, not, in all actuality, it's really about protection. And it's really a defense mechanism to protect yourself in these situations. Now, again, I'm going to say this over and over. Most of us, when kids are involved, are able to turn that off. But I have seen, and many of you, if you really give yourself a chance to think about it and a chance to see it, you have seen people also not be able to respond appropriately, even though kids are involved. Because remember, when you feel like your back is against the wall, it's easy, right, for you to kind of come out swinging. In fact, most people do. And most people will tell you, I'm okay until you, you do this, this, or that. And then I'm going to come out with that fight or flight. It happens. Our fight or flight gets triggered in different ways for different situations. So as I'm reading some of the comments and I'm reading some of the dialogue, again, it was really clear that for a lot of people who were like, nope, you only got to do for the one, you don't have to do for others. It, that is coming from a point of they have a very, very painful, probably traumatic relationship with the other adult, adult involved, and they are trying to protect themselves. And therefore, it comes out as this selfish response. Everybody doesn't do it that way, but I've seen enough people that do do it that way. And just going back to the video for a second, again, I know now that it was a skit, so there was some additional acting, but I have seen enough people in these situations, and it's not always a mom and the mom being this way or the, and, and the dad is being on the, the other end. It, I've seen it flipped as well, but in, in every time I've seen it, it really has been that the one person has consistently blurred the boundaries. They've consistently used emotional tactics to get their way, and now the person is setting up their own boundary. In the last few months and years, we've seen this increase in everybody using the term narcissistic or saying or narcissism. And when you really dig into what narcissism is or what narcissistic behavior or traits are, and when you talk to professionals or even people who just have experienced it, when they start talking about the way that they now protect themselves, the way that you need to engage with someone with narcissism, it is to be very black and white. It is to have very strong boundaries. Now, in terms of food, we all know that that's the one place that we are quick to let go of those boundaries when it comes to food and when it comes to kids. But this, to me, reading these comments, reading these, these, these responses, that's where people are. There are enough people, there are a lot of people who are tired of being manipulated with emotional situations and knowing that the person on the other end 
could do something different to make the situation better, but chooses not to, you go into a defense mode. You go into a stern boundary mode. You go into a fight or flight. And if you don't have the proper skills to handle that fight or flight, naturally you're going to see some things come out, you know, bad, so to speak. So from my standpoint, it really did start to look like that. And based on the comments and based on past experiences I've had, that when someone is fed up, they do lose their ability to have that rational thinking. And they do lose the ability to have that community mindset because what they're seeing and what they are feeling is that they're being taken advantage of. They're not seeing that a child is in need because from their standpoint, that parent probably does have the means and ways to make things happen where they don't need the additional support from this person, but they do need some support. Now, I'm not going to dig into or get into talking about, you know, child support or what those things should look like because that's an entire other conversation that can go multiple ways. I just want to basically focus on the ideas that someone has to do for you because you're in this situation. And at the same time, looking at how you can not use additional emotional things to get your way. Now, many of us know people, or we might be people ourselves who use emotional tactics to get our ways. We've also seen that as we've seen kind of the, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. There's been a slew of people posting their their abortion stories, their miscarriage stories. And it's all in a hope to give a different side to the conversation, to make it more hum, you know, human related so that people can have empathy and in some cases sympathy. Now I'm gonna do an entire episode on that later, but just in terms of adding this to kind of context, that's a thing that happens, right? We all feel like we sometimes need to use emotional situations to get our, our words across, to get our needs met. But when it starts to cross a line and it's a consistent thing and it's happened all the time, it really does make people start to turn away. How many of us have friends or family members that we try to not even deal with as often as we probably want to because we know there's going to be this emotional pull on them needing something from us? It's very rarely that they call and say, hey, can I just borrow a couple of dollars to the end of the week? Or can you get you know this or that for me? There's always this story that goes along with it that pulls on your heartstrings. After a few of those stories, it is easy for you to turn the cold heart and turn the cold shoulder. And before we start judging each other because of that, just think of it in terms of a protective mechanism, right? If you know that you have a bleeding heart, the number one thing you want to do is to protect that. And so the one thing that we have all been taught across the board is that when there's something you don't like or something you don't need to be doing, you need to avoid it. And I have always been against the idea of just avoiding things that don't feel good or avoiding things that aren't right, because it doesn't really teach you how to deal with it on the other side, right? It just teaches you how to avoid. And before you look, before long, you might have a list longer of things you're avoiding than things that you're enjoying. So just keep in mind that again, for some people, when they start to act this way that, that looks like it's being very selfish and, and we are quick to be judgmental, maybe start asking, is this a protective situation for them? Are they doing this because they need to protect themselves? Do they feel like they need to protect themselves? And on the other side, if you find yourself being a person that is using those emotional tactics to get your way, really start questioning. If you've listened to the previous episodes from this month or from recently, you know, we've been talking about those attachment styles. So this right here can be classified as one of those either anxious attachment styles 
or that disorganized attach attachment style, right? So we know that the disorganized is where you kind of get aggressive or you react when somebody is showing up or not showing up. And then that anxious, you know, you're kind of anxious all the time. It very well could be that both people are responding in that way because they just don't know what to do anymore. So I say all that to say, before we start making judgments and picking sides, let's really start looking at where the middle is. And if you still need to pick a side, do that because that's what you need to do for you. But if you don't need to pick a side or you're ready to, to try to understand other sides, maybe start looking at it from a different lens. Instead of looking at it from the lens of this person's right and this person's wrong, let's look from the stance of what needs are they trying to get met? Because overwhelmingly, most people really are just trying to get their needs met. Some of us didn't grow up in situations where we had secure and healthy attachments. Some of us grew up in situations where we had to fight for everything we wanted and everything we needed, even as young children. So keep that in mind as you're kind of moving through and thinking about the next situation that kind of pops up or the next time you see someone being, you know, selfish by your definition. Maybe challenge it. Are they being selfish or are they just doing the things that they need to do to protect themselves? And if they are in a protection mode and you're in this situation with them, right? So it's a personal thing, really looking at what can we do? What can I do to challenge how I'm feeling? And am I in a space that I want to engage this person in a conversation in a different manner? Maybe it's time to take a quick break and then circle back to have the conversation about what do our boundaries need to look like? What are the expectations that we have for each other? Are they working for both of us? Are they working for everybody involved? And move from that standpoint as opposed to, again, trying to decide who's right and who's wrong. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. As you all know, podcasts are rated by the number of subscribers and the ratings that they receive. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this at and also leave a rating and a comment. I welcome all comments. Also, make sure you head over to the different social medias, Instagram at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC, Facebook at Brittany A. Johnson, and even on LinkedIn at Brittany A. Johnson LMHC, and follow so you can stay connected to what's going on. Talk to you soon.